Thanks, worship team. Come on. Who's excited to be at church? Hallelujah. Go ahead and get out your Bibles. Something to take notes with this morning. Thank you, sir. Awesome, Bon Traeger. The podium ministry. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 4. We're a note-taking church. We're going to start the new year like we ended last year, taking notes and opening our Bibles in church. Thank you, whoever said that. All right. Uh, Way to go, starting the new year off right, being at church. Give yourself a pat on the back. Well done. Good decision. All right. You don't have to be that excited for yourself. I like to celebrate my wins. There aren't that many sometimes, Beth. You look in the mirror, it's like, hey, at least I got here today. (laughs) Oh, man. I hope you had a good Christmas. Happy New Year. It's a good day to be back in church. Chris, you back? Oh, man. I'm excited to be back with you guys. I haven't, I haven't uh, been preaching up here for a little while. We had Christmas Eve together. If you, who was here for Christmas Eve? That was fun. Hey, oh, that was awesome. That was so good to be together. So I am pumped and been praying a lot for you over the last six weeks. So I'm ready to get into it because it is, uh, it is a good new year. And the reason I know that is because every day is a good new day because the mercies of God are new every day, which means they're new this year. So that's good. So at least we got that going for us. Go ahead and stand for the reading of the word of God. 2 Kings chapter 4. Starting in verse number 1. Good to see you all again. What's up, Josh? Good shirt. All right. Now, the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried... To Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go outside, Borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. Somebody say, not too few. Then go in, shut the door behind yourself and your sons, and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him, and she shut the door behind herself and her sons, and as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. And when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another Then the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for this beautiful new day, this beautiful new year, and for your beautiful new mercies. We cry out for your new mercies today, Lord. We need them. We need you. We need your mercy poured out on our lives. We need the mercy of God, and we receive it this morning as we gather together in your name, in your house, in your presence, with your body, with your children. Come, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word, that it is alive and ready to speak to us today. Would you open up our hearts? I'm praying, God, that you would give us, by your mercy, hunger this morning, hunger to be filled, thirst to be quenched by the word of God. Lord, any way that we're not hungry or thirsty in your mercy, make us parts right now. 
Lord, I'm praying that you would come and fill us with yourself. Mark us this year as your people in this city, in our lives for your name and for your glory. We love you, Jesus. We do expect, like we said at the beginning of this service, we expect to meet with you. So come and do what only you can do. In the beautiful name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. Amen. Go ahead and take a seat. So we've got a little story going on here, 2 Kings chapter 4. We just read it, but in summary, what happens is we've got the wife of one of the sons of the prophets, and uh, he's dead. The husband's dead, so she's a widow now, and uh, her and the boys, they're not able to pay the debts that were left behind. So as was normal in the day, the creditors are coming, not just calling on the phone, but they're saying, okay, we're here, we're going to take you, we're going to take your sons until you can work to pay off your debts. Not a good start to the new year for them. And uh, before you maybe make any assumptions about this situation, and especially this prophetic husband who left behind all these debts, you know, sounds like a schmuck if you ask me. But uh, Josephus, who was a Jewish historian during Jesus' day, uh, he posited that, that this might have been the widow of the prophet Obadiah or of one of his sons. So he's got his own book of the Bible. He was a good guy. And uh, the reason they're in all this debt is because he was started taking out loans because there was persecution happening against the prophets of the Lord. And so he started selling what he had and taking it upon himself to fund and keep alive 100 other prophets. So this is a good man. This is a good family doing godly things, and they still find themselves in this situation. So they go to Elisha, who's kind of the mega prophet. There's like all the prophets, and then there's Elisha. He's kind of the one leading the charge. And they ask mega prophet, man of God, what are we going to do about this? Because this isn't good. And so he, uh, she presents her case before him. But uh, he's a poor prophet too. And so he doesn't have the money to pay. He can't pay her debts. But he asks her, what does she have in the house? All she's got is a small jar of oil. And so he tells her to go around and start knocking on all of her neighbor's doors and asking for things. But don't ask for money. Don't ask for financial support. Don't ask for a job. Don't ask for help. Don't ask for food. Don't ask for clothes. Ask for empty jars. And he gives a very specific instruction, not too few. Don't get embarrassed. Don't get shy. Don't get insecure. Don't get uncomfortable. Don't get one jar and think you did what I told you to do. Go get all the jars you can find. Knock on all the doors. Ask for all the jars, not too few. Woman of God, she does it. Come on, man. Don't women just have a way of obeying God better than us? <laughs> so she gets all these empty jars. She goes into the house. She shuts the door behind her, lets only her sons into the house, and they take this little bit of oil, and they start pouring it into the empty jars, and they all, I mean, God does it. God, God multiplies all this oil. Every jar they have gets full. They're probably getting pumped. It starts off quiet, I'm guessing. I'm guessing it starts quiet in the house. Picture it. Widow, sons, no dad, debts, full of empty jars, and you got this much oil. I guess we start pouring. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Oh man, it's full. Bring me another one. It's full. Bring me another one. Son, bring me another jar. How many times? You know, how many jars did like, woo, this is getting good. Like they've got an appointment on Monday to get put to work. So I'm picturing the house gets rowdy. Widow, sons getting pumped. This is everything they need. It's just oil, but it's everything they need. Bring me another jar. Here you go, mom. Bring me another jar. Here you go, mom. Bring me another jar. Here you go, mom. And then it finally gets to the point where he's like, bring me another jar. He's like, mom, there's no more jars. And well, it's, it's still going. <laughs> Says it, all of a sudden it stops flowing. So now they go back to Elisha. <laughs> like, okay, so now what I've got in the house is a whole bunch of jars with a whole bunch of oil. He's like, probably, you know, like, yes. <laughs> that would have been a bummer. <laughs> go, sell them, sell it. Go sell it all, sell it all, pay off your debts and live off the rest. The God you gave everything for, he's taking care of you. Look at him. The message I want to share with you this morning um, is, a, is a prophetic message. It's, it's just simply a prophetic word. I'm not going to really teach you much. This isn't really going to be much of like a sermon where I teach you the text. I, I, what, what I mean by all of this is that um, the, the Bible is living and active, written by the Holy Spirit. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. He's alive. He's active. He's still speaking today. He is the ultimate author. And he is speaking to us through his word. And in Romans chapter 10, it tells us that faith doesn't come at the new year when you get excited about something fresh. It says faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. By the living, active word of God. Meaning the spoken, breathed out, fresh breath, word of heaven. The word of the living God comes and he puts faith inside of your heart. And so I believe that at the beginning of this new year, God doesn't want to get you excited about something. God doesn't want to get you just all wound up at church so you can go outside and be tired by tomorrow and wonder what you're going to do with your new year. No, God wants to speak something to you that is alive, that is active by the Holy Spirit. And when he does that, his word is sharp, like sharper than any two-edged sword, and it divides things. And so what you ought to expect now over the next 27 minutes and five seconds is God's going to speak to you, and he's going to put a dividing line in your life between some things that are him and some things that aren't him. He's going to bring some clarity, and then that's going to bring you to a decision point. But as he speaks, he's not just leaving you alone. He's birthing the faith inside of you to choose the him side. Because he, what, what, what faith is, it's the assurance of things that you hope for. So what God's going to do as he speaks his word to you right now and throughout this year, he's going to give you more assurance that this hope that you have, that he might be enough for what you need, is going to grow. This conviction of things you don't see. He's about to put more of that inside of you, not by your own efforts. So what you need to do 
is not get your faith all wound up. You need to sit there. You need to open yourself up to receive the word of God. And at the end of it, you're going to have more faith than you're starting with. At the end of it, you're going to be more clear on what God is leading you to this year, not because of emotion and magic, but because the living God who created the universe with his word wants to speak his word to you because he loves you. And the word that I want to share with you this morning, the word that I want to uh, that I, I, I've been praying, I feel like this is what God's saying for us as a church this year, is out of this passage this morning. I believe that God has gathered you into his house this morning with some of his other children, and he's shut the doors behind, and he wants you to see him looking at you right in the eye with excitement in his eyes, and he wants to hear you with urgency in his voice turning to you this morning and saying, bring me another jar. Bring me another jar. Write that down. God's speaking, to this, speaking this to you this year in 2022. My child, bring me another jar. God created you to be filled with his spirit. Jeremiah chapter two, verse 12 through 13. God's speaking through his prophet Jeremiah and he says this, be appalled, O heavens, at this. I thought the Jeremiah verse was like, I know the plans I have for you. <laughs> There's something else in Jeremiah? <laughs> be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked, be utterly desolate, declares the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, number one. And number two, they've hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. We all have a desperation to be filled. But we also have a tendency to forsake the Lord, who is the fountain of living waters. And then the second thing we have a tendency to do after we follow the first tendency to forsake him, the fountain of living waters, we have this tendency to go off and try to fashion jars for ourselves but our sin has broken us to the point that even if we could find another fountain of living water, which we can't, even if we could find that, which we can't, even if we could find something else that would satisfy us, which we can't, even if we could find that, we wouldn't be able to hold any of it because we're broken. But when you get born again, the old passes away and the new comes. You are a new creation. The potter himself fashions the broken jar afresh. And instead of you hewing out cisterns for yourself, God hews out of you a cistern for himself. Listen to me. Instead of you living your life trying to hew out cisterns for yourself, broken cisterns that hold no water, the potter reaches into your life you are born again and, and made a new creation where he now hews out of you a cistern for himself. I want you to say this. I am the jar. You are the jar. You are saved from trying to build all these broken jars to hold all this living water that you can't even find anywhere else. And now you are the jar. He transforms you from being a broken jar that holds no water to a hand-fashioned jar of clay that holds the eternal mystery of Jesus Christ. 
In Joel 2, God makes this promise to his people. Joel 2, 28. And it shall come to pass. Is there gonna be anything more certain than when the living God of the universe says, it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I told you that you are created to be filled with the spirit of God. And the reason I know that about you is because that's true for everybody. You are made to be filled with the spirit of God. And in Joel 2, God promises, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. In Jeremiah chapter 31, Jeremiah, again, prophesying of, of the new covenant that is to come. He says, for this covenant that I, this is the Lord speaking, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. In Ezekiel 37, getting the same message across, God gives another prophetic word. It's, it's a picture, though, this time of a valley of dry bones that are dead and desolate and empty of, of, the, of the prophet Ezekiel coming to the valley. And God says, speak to the bones. And so he speaks, and the Spirit of God blows through the valley and starts to take out of these bones and fashion new bodies. He fashions an entire army that still has no life in it until he... Whew, breathes his spirit and fills what he has created with his very breath. Throughout all the Old Testament, God builds temples, builds temples, tabernacles, arcs of the covenant. He builds these places for him to fill. And then he does. He has his people build these empty places so he can fill them. Now you are the temple. You are the jar. We are the temple. Now you are the place that God wants to fill. Say, I am the jar. You are the jar. And then in Matthew 3, we meet John the Baptist. And we're told he is the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. And it's asked of him, are you the Messiah? Are you the one that we've been waiting for? John says, no, 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 I'm not the one. I'm just the, the one with the voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way for the one. And then he says this in Matthew 3, 11. Would you read this verse with me? I, speaking of John speaking, says, I baptize you with water for repentance. How many of you believe in the baptism of water for repentance? How many of you believe in the baptism of water for repentance? Amen. John says, but he who is coming after me. How many of you believe that John was not the Messiah? How many of you believe that John was not the Messiah? Not a trick question. How many of you believe John was not the Messiah, but Jesus who came after him was? John's on a roll here. I baptize, baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. How many of you believe that Jesus was mightier than John and every other prophet who came before him? Yes. Amen. He is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. How many of you believe we ought not even be able to carry the sandals of the living God, let alone come and stand before him? John continues, he will 
baptize you, immerse you, cover you, paint you. He will fill you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Do you believe that Jesus is the great baptizer of the Holy Spirit and fire, just like you believe everything else in that verse? Then Acts chapter 1. If you don't believe it from John, believe it from Jesus. Verse 4. You heard it from me, Jesus speaking. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Ten days later in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit is poured out at Pentecost. And Peter stands up to the crowd and he says to them in Acts chapter 2, verse 16, this is that. This is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. This is it. This is the pouring out of the Spirit of God on all flesh. You need to know today, you need to know this year, you need to know in this moment that God the Father created you because he wants to be in relationship with you. And he loves you so much that he sent his son to save you. Who loved you so much that he lived a perfect life, died the death that you owed, rose from the dead, and then he loved you so much that he ascended to the Father so that he could baptize you with his spirit. So that you, he could baptize you with his spirit so that you can be reminded of Jesus who is the image of the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Are we clear? Are we clear that, that, that God loves you so much? The Father loves you so much he sent his Son to save you. And his son loved you so much that he ascended to the Father so he could baptize you with the Spirit. So that by that Spirit, you could be reminded of the Son. And the Son was the image of the Father, but he was only the image of the Father by the Holy Spirit who now fills you and reveals to you the Father by the Son through the Holy Spirit. That's what you need to know this year. What you need to know is that God is ready to pour out his Spirit in you. Will you bring him another job? What does that mean? What are we talking about? Some of you are wound up right now. Some of you are like, I can hear that my neighbor's wound up and I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have in the house? What do you have in your life? What do you have? I'm going to tell you what you have. And the good news is you have exactly what everybody else has. Time. You don't have more time. I know. I know. Like, uh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't have more time. I didn't say more time. I said you have time. You have time. I know that something we all love to say is that I don't have time, but what we mean is we don't have more time. And that part's true, but you do have time. You do have time, and you are filling it with something. The question is, is that thing filling you? You are reading something. You are watching something. You are listening to something. 
You are following something. You are chasing something. You are looking at something. You are thinking about something. And I just want you to know this morning, I have no interest in judging you. I have no interest in being heavy on you. But I do have a great interest in loving you enough to ask a sensible and uncomfortable question. Is what you're filling your empty time with filling you? Or is it the fountain of living waters? And what I'm exhorting you this year, January 2nd, 2022, is go. Go. Go get all the empty moments that you can and not too few of them. Go get every empty moment that you can. Before you get on with your day, give them some time. Before you get busy with the kids and work, just give them some time. Before you make a decision, give them some time. Before you check your Instagram, give them some time. Before you turn on Netflix, just give them some time. Before you speak, give them some time. Before you get bitter about that thing, give them some time. Before you draw conclusions about that person, give them some time. Before you lose yourself in the worry, just give them some time. Before you say that thing to your spouse, just give him some time. Before you do that thing with your time, give him some time. Find an empty moment and let him fill it. Let him fill it with himself. See if he won't fill you. Give him an empty moment and see if he won't fill you. See if God this year won't fill you with his voice, if he won't fill you with his word, if he won't fill you with his promises, if he won't fill you with his presence, if he won't fill you with his perspective, if he won't fill you with your identity, if he won't fill you with truth, if he won't fill you with conviction, if he won't fill you with his desires, if he won't fill you with his wisdom, if he won't fill you with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness, faithfulness and self-control, if you will find an empty moment and bring it to him, see if he won't fill you. What needs to be moved around? What needs to be consolidated? What needs to be poured out? What door on your schedule needs to get knocked on and say, I need an empty moment out of you? I need an empty moment out of you. And honestly, I, not too few of them. One would be great, but if you got more than one, let's do it. What needs to be shifted? What needs to be reprioritized so that you can find some empty time? So you can find an empty moment, bring it to the living God and ask him to fill you. Fill you with his oil. Fill you with himself. I'm going to go to work on this a little bit more because we're here. You might not come back anyway, so I'm willing to offend you a little bit because I love you enough. I'm going to talk to you like I actually love you. Before you do what someone else tells you to do this year, check to see if they're full of what you really want. Please. Please, please, no, listen to me. I know, I know, I'm not trying to like, I love the reception, but also like I'm not trying to put on a show. Like, please, please. 
Your phone is so loud. The internet is so loud. People are so loud. Your boss is so loud. Your emotions are so loud. Everything is so loud. And before you listen to any of them, check to see if they're full of what you really want. What I'm trying to say is that if you can't get close enough to see what someone is actually full of, then don't follow them. Don't follow them. Find somebody else you can trust. I'm not saying that nobody that you don't know can be trusted. I'm just saying there are people close enough to you who you can trust. Like, like let's not be too simple this year. Let's grow up. Let's mature. Let's mature. Let's look past the money and the house and the car and the schedule and the influence that that loud person has and is telling you how to get it and telling you if you just do it this with your life, you'll get to your goals and you'll get all it is that you want and you'll look just like them and you'll have everything that's in your heart and we'll just make it happen. You don't know their life. You know they got money, but you don't know anything else about them. Don't be too simple. Look past it. Look, Pastor, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with money and influence and cars, all those sort of things. That's great, but I just I want more than that. Are you following me? Want more than that. So so let's let's have good priorities because, because the money, the house, the car, the schedule, the influence, all of these things, that's the easy stuff. That's the cheap stuff. The question you need to be asking is this year for if you're as you're thinking about who do you want to follow, who are you gonna learn from? Who's going to influence you? What, what profiles are you going to follow on TikTok and Instagram? Who are you going to follow? Who has the mind you want? Who has the mind you want that's set on things above? Who has the mind that you want that's at peace in the midst of chaos? Who has the mind that you want that is full of wisdom instead of being tossed by the wind and the waves of life and of the world? Don't follow somebody until you can answer that question from them, until you can see the fruit of their life enough to see if they have the mind that you want. Who has the heart that you want that's at rest instead of full of anxiety? Who has the heart that you want that's pure and has a view of God? It's the pure in heart who will see God. You can see God this year. Just have a pure heart. Don't mess around with people telling you what to do with the desires of your heart. You need to desire a pure heart so you can see God. Who has the heart you want that's joyful and free instead of bitter and discontent? Who has the soul that you want? Who has the soul that you want, the one that's tender towards the things of God and loving to others? Who has the soul that you want that's been restored by grace and isn't just tattered by the things of the world? Who has the strength that you want? The strength that is secure and under control. Who has the strength that you want? That's, it's an accurate strength. It's not just messy and doing whatever it wants. Who has the strength that you want? The strength that's trustworthy and sturdy, not immature and wobbly. Jesus does. Jesus does. He does. Jesus has the mind that you want. The soul you want the heart you want, and the strength you want. And he will fill you with his mind. He will give you a new heart. He will restore your soul, and he will renew your strength if you will just borrow from the different areas of your life empty moments, and not too few.
And then you will come into his house. Either alone or with somebody else who wants the same thing you want. And then shut the door. You don't need anybody else coming in. And it doesn't matter if anybody else sees it. And come. Come and keep coming. Come and keep coming until he fills you. Go into your house with your sons and shut the door. Don't let just anyone into your empty moments this year. Don't let just anything into your empty moments this year. Guard your empty jars. Only let the people in who are desperate to be filled with the same stuff you're desperate to be filled with. I'm not talking about your life. Shut everybody out who's not a Christian. I'm talking about the empty places in your heart the empty places in your mind, the empty places in your soul, the empty places in your strength that you are saying, I've made this empty place because there's one thing I'm after to fill it. I didn't go through all that work to find these empty moments just for anything to fill it, amen? You know your empty moments cost you something. They're more valuable than that. Guard them and bring them to the Lord. Protect them and shut the door. Stop missing church. Stop ignoring life groups. Stop being late to church and on time to everything else. I'm not saying because I'm mad. I'm just saying you can, so stop. Just stop it. Get in the house of God. Get around the people of God. Protect your empty places from that which is not the oil of God. Bring him another jar. I'm not mad at all at you But I am sick of a few things. I'm, I'm sick of Christians looking to worldly influences to learn how to spend their time. Stop looking to rich people to tell you what to do with your money. Stop looking to famous people to tell you what matters in your life. Stop looking to worldly people to shape your values. Stop looking to self-centered, offended people to learn how to think. If you only know someone's Instagram version of their life, don't follow them with your real life. It's too valuable for that. Your time is worth too much. Just to be super helpful and completely cross every line you didn't want me to cross when you walked into church this morning. To underscore what I've already said, if you don't know someone well enough to know their whole life, you probably should be careful when listening to them tell you what to do with any part of your life. Be careful listening to people who tell you what to do with your business and you don't know their kids. Be careful listening to people who tell you what to do with your money and you don't know their marriage. Be careful listening to people who tell you what to do with your body and you don't know the condition of their soul. Be careful listening to people who tell you what to do with your feelings and you don't know what their mind is set on. Be careful listening to people who tell you what to do with your time and you don't know how they are or are not investing in eternity. Because that's what your time is really about. You have pastors and elders who love you and pray for you and are literally giving their lives to shepherd you in the things of God. 
look to us first. There, I said it. And you can think what you want about it, but you can imitate us as we follow Jesus. You can. That's why we're here. And every one of your pastors and elders and their wives and their kids are giving up a whole bunch of other stuff to make sure their heart beats to be available to help you see through the garbage and figure out what matters in all this. You can trust us. You can trust them. You are part of a church, the body of Christ. You have brothers and sisters with whom you are members of one another by the very spirit of the living God. Get input from them first. Get input from them first. If you want your life filled with the world, give your time to the voices and chase the shine of the world. If you want your life filled with the kingdom, give your time to the king and the saints of the kingdom. What I'm trying to say this morning is that there is only one right time to seek the kingdom. First. I hope that you hit your goals at the gym this year. And I do too. I hope that you are more financially wise and disciplined than ever before this year. I hope that you read some more books this year. I hope you eat better this year. And as you do all of that, I hope that you remember that eternity is just a moment away. And it's longer and much more significant than your time here on earth. And all your resolutions are important for making good use of that time. But as long as you, and as long as you, uh, all of those things are important for making good use of that time as long as you seek the kingdom first. Otherwise, they're just a distraction. All those good things are just a distraction. So this year, I want you to hear this morning that God is inviting you to go outside. Get out of what you've known before. Get over your comfort zone. Borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty ones, empty ones. Don't just baptize what you're already doing. Make it empty. I pray that we do everything we do with the Lord. And before we do all of that, I pray that all we do is get with the Lord. Do you hear what I'm saying? Empty vessels, empty time. Borrow from everywhere. Knock on the door of every area of your life. Find empty moments and hear me, make empty moments because that's really what it's going to take and not too few. Then, either get alone or get with the people of God, shut out everything and everybody else and let him fill you with himself. Let him pour out the oil of the Holy Spirit so that he fills you to overflow.